Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here on this beautiful winter morning, if you're a snowman. Um, <laughs> do we have any announcements that we need to go over? Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, Bible study, 10 o'clock tomorrow. We're finishing up Daniel, and then we're going to start Revelations. Aha. I remembered that. And then, um, uh, are we going to do council? Yes. Okay, council's Tuesday night, 6.30. And then um, we know that we've kind of not been doing a whole lot of like potlucks or get-togethers. So uh, there's going to be a group forming that's going to be an events committee. So... <laughs> take it away you know they'll they'll work on it and maybe come up with some ideas of different things to do so that's information forthcoming awesome okay anybody else got anything one yes Absolutely. I'd like to echo my thanks as well. Um, it was definitely a, a busy week. Um, all right. Well, if that is all, then I'm going to turn things over to Teresa and the praise band to get us up and moving. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. And uh, uh, most of our praise band is here, but a couple people are out due to illness, so we're thinking of them today. We have two praise songs this morning, both in the red folder. I want you to be aware that the first song, we've made a substitution. So the first song will be number 13. So please grab a red folder near you in the pew or in the pew in front of you and turn to number 13. He is exalted. We will sing that together twice. And then we'll be seated for the second song, which is the same listed in your bulletin. This is He is Exalted, number 13, and please rise if you are able. Thank you. 
Church. I'm Dave, the liturgist for today. Would you please join me in the opening prayer? Loving Trinity, your justice is the workout of your mercy. Peace on earth. Nourish us with the power of the Son and let us grow into an image and likeness. Humble us in ourselves. Conceit. for offering. The worship God blesses is honest and personal, a broken and contrite heart. When we give of ourselves to find out our hearts are changing for good, let us present our tithes and offerings now. Please rise as you are able and join in our doxology number 95 in the Red Hymnal.
Your love creates us. Your passion saves us from sin. Your power transfers us into glory. For you, thank you for giving us a place in your good creation. Forgive us the bread of heaven to free us from slavery to sin and death and for filling us with the holy light of the gospel for building up of Christ's body in love. We present offerings to praise you and to help in the service of your church. Accept them as outward signs of our joy, discipleship, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It is now time for our youth and children to come hang out, if they would like. And remember, you are all children of God, so anybody can come hang out with us. You have pajamas on? That sounds like a great idea. So other than being sleepy, how are you guys doing? You're doing bad, why? So, I know what you guys are going to be learning about in Sunday school. What is it? It's a surprise. What is it? I'll get there. Jeez, somebody's impatient. You guys are going to be learning about the calling of the disciples. Do you know what that means? Stop. All right. I want to read you a story about the calling of the disciples, okay? Yeah. Now, can you tell me who you think this is supposed to be? God. Jesus. Okay. Those are both right answers. And what's going on over here? There's a boat and fishermen. They're fishermen, right. And there's a boat. Okay. So, one day, Jesus was walking along the sea when he saw two fishermen. The fishermen were brothers, Peter and Andrew. The brothers were out fishing in the water. Jesus called out to Peter and Andrew, come, follow me. I will teach you how to fish for people. So Peter and Andrew left their nets and they followed Jesus. Jesus walked a little bit further down the shore where he saw two more brothers, James and John. And they were mending their nets with their father. Jesus said to the men, come and follow me. And James and John left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. So I wonder, when was the time that you followed Jesus? What do you think? When um, outside, when um, other people are telling me to 
Okay, so when you follow the rules, yeah? Uh, I follow him like at recess, or like sometimes I like follow him, like, like tells me stuff, like the right choices. Okay, help us make the right choices, yeah. Help us like make the right decisions in video games, so thanks God. Um, I want to um, do the right thing with no one's watching, and doing, um, that people tell me to. Okay, so what we're saying? And, uh, Quick. and, uh, 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 so, when it was like, Monday, when it was like Sunday, Sunday, I was like, praying, God, Jesus, please no harm in school tomorrow, and then the next day, not school, I did it again, no school, again, no school, again, That, that's not, that's not following Jesus, but, I but that's okay. Okay, no, that's enough. So I want to tell you about a time when I followed Jesus. Before I was a pastor, I used to work with computers and technology. And God was, was always trying to get my attention to tell me God wanted me to do something different, but I wasn't listening. And it wasn't until one day when I was home with, with mommy, with Miss Sarah, that I finally heard God. And he told me to follow Jesus to go into ministry. And so now I'm here. There's a little bit more to it, but that's the short version. Okay? Okay, we're not going to do that right now. All right, so can you guys do a repeat after me prayer with me? Okay, dear God, thank you. For calling us, calling us to follow you, follow you and the ways that Jesus taught us. The ways that Jesus taught us. Amen. Okay, we got one more thing to do. That's right, the Lord's Prayer. You guys ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right, you guys can have a sucker if you want, and then it's off to Kids Club and Sunday School. All right, and if the rest of you would turn to hymn number 127, guide me thou, O great Jehovah, and please rise as you are able.
seated. Now is the time that we bring before God and God's people the things that are weighing heavily upon our hearts and our minds as well as those that give us cause for celebration. Do we have any joys or concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? Well, despite recent events, I actually have a few joys, two of which are uh, debatably concerns. Remember from last year, start with those. Uh, two of my nephews have birthdays about this time of year. My nephew, uh, Fred, who my mom calls Spike, if you've heard that. He turned two last Wednesday. My nephew, Easton, he'll be turning, if I remember right, eight tomorrow. And then uh, the official joy, if you know my dad from here, from Facebook, or however you're viewing this right now, well, it was uh, last Friday, he celebrated, if I did the math correctly, 37 years of being clean and sober. Okay, what the heck? Let's, let's share in the joy of having these little people that we have here because they do give Pastor Michael a run for his money and let alone the poor Kristen and Sarah who have them in the classes. And if you haven't seen the board as you go down, if you go this door through to the fellowship hall, there are pictures of their work from Sunday school classes. And it's really neat to see. So even though they do cause us more gray hair, they are fun to watch grow. Amen. I have to agree because as I was watching them a moment ago, I thought it was just me, but I was thinking, man, these four, they're dangerous together. Dangerous. Also, I wanted to let you know that this coming Friday, February 2nd, Rich's mama will be turning 90 years young. So we are going to go visit her for a few days, and we're looking forward to that. We're very excited. And if you could please, we would appreciate prayers for safe travel and also for prayers for health because you probably noticed, I know the praise band has, when Rich and I leave town, we tend to bring back bugs and sometimes COVID bugs, so we're hoping not to do that. We've been told to remain masked on the plane with no chips and no Sprite. Um, some of you heard last night that my youngest son, James, is in the hospital. Uh, he's doing fine now. Uh, they determined that it was an infection in his throat, and he's on IV antibiotics and doing well, and he just can't talk. So, And that seems to be a problem I've been having lately, too. So I did see a doctor, some of my friends mentioned it, and I'll be going in this Friday for a biopsy on a growth on my vocal cords. So uh, sometimes you just laugh instead of cry, and um, I've been laughing a lot. I laugh particularly today because it's like three things, and today the pen from my glasses falls and the lens falls out and I fix it the only way I know how. I stuck a paper clip and my 
son said to me, you didn't have that in there last night. And I said, no. So seriously, I'm going to be okay. I know who's, whose hands are guiding the surgeon. So that's all we can ask for. Thank you. I'm also glad that this is Daniel. Some of you remember him. He and his wife attended here for a while, and then they moved to Milan. Um, thank you. Yeah. Nick, um, what's your dad's first name again? I apologize. Oh, uh, Tom. Tom, that's right. All right, if you would grab one of the green hymnals, the worship and song hymnals in the pews and turn to number 3067. Welcome to our world. We're going to use verse four as our invitation to prayer. Sure, five. would please join me now in an attitude of prayer. God of tears, you are the giver of joy. Hear us as we pray for the sick. We pray for those with chronic illness, for those who have life-threatening conditions, and those with inadequate medical care. We especially lift up James and Fonda and all those in need of your healing this day, and we pray that you would bring the healing we need. Hear us as we pray for all who are hungry. We pray for those whose lives, sorry, who live in regions of drought and famine, for those who cannot afford nutritious food, and for the vulnerable who are not adequately fed. Give us the food we need. Hear us as we pray for those who grieve. We pray for those who mourn a loved one, for those whose communities are no more, and for those who cannot imagine a joyful future. We especially lift up the friends and family of both Doug Thayer and Dorothy Newman, who you have called home this past week. Give us comfort to restore hope. Hear us as we pray for the world's victims. We pray for those who are caught in violence, for those who are trapped in other self-seeking, and for those who suffer from neglect. We especially lift up all of the places affected by war and fighting and cruelty around this globe. Grant us freedom from all evil. God of the poor and the poor in spirit, 
We pray for your help against all that oppresses as we look forward to the kingdom you have promised and are bringing even now through Jesus Christ. We also give you thanks for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We give you thanks for Fred and Easton celebrating birthdays. We give you thanks for all of our children and youth. We give you thanks for our time with our loved ones. We give you thanks for Rich's mom who will be turning 90. And we give you thanks for Tom and for the 37 years that he has been able to remain clean and sober. And we pray for all of these people, whether for birthdays or for the ability to live a healthy life, that there be many, many, many more to celebrate. We lift all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Creator of unity, body of peace, spirit of community, bind us together around your word and send us out to do your justice. Show your mercy and embody your redeeming love, glorifying you, Holy Trinity. Amen. This morning's scripture is from Ezekiel 36, 25 to 30, and 33. Ezekiel, we just finished studying, and it's kind of interesting because God is speaking to the people that are captives in Babylon through Ezekiel. And when he speaks to him, he says, mortal man. So that's the way God speaks to people. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanliness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful, and I will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. This is what the sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns, and ruins will be rebuilt. This is the word of God for the people of God. Now, if you are able, we'll stand for the hymn number, Change My Heart, O God, in the faith we sing, 221. 2121. 2152.
Please be seated. Our second scripture reading for this morning can be found on page 562 in the Bibles and the Pews. We are looking at Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. God of action, you move in ways we do not always understand or see, but you are never still. From speaking as a burning bush, to walking the earth as the word made flesh, to the stirring of the spirit in the hearts and minds of your children, you are a God of verbs. And we give thanks especially for the most amazing verbs you use, loving and grace-giving. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, congratulations. We have set a new record for 2024. Service two weeks in a row. And now that I said that, we're going to get buried with about 12 feet of snow. So I apologize. That's my fault. It's the Midwest, what can you do? You wait five minutes for the weather to change. Anywho, this morning we're gonna continue in our current sermon series, A Clean Slate, where we've been looking at the different ways that God offers us a clean slate in our lives, a, an opportunity to really start over the mercy of love, grace, and redemption. Last week, we talked about confession, both confession before God and confession before one another. And we went over some of the scriptural evidence used to establish the thinking around confession and why it matters. I again want to remind everyone that there are going to be certain things within our faith tradition and in really any faith tradition that can potentially become traumatic or, or harmful to those who are newer to faith, newer to some of the practices and understandings of scripture. And, and any and every time we invite someone who is unfamiliar 
with our beliefs, our doctrines, our traditions, it's really important that we show love and compassion so as not to cause that harm or trauma for someone who is experiencing something potentially very new and very different from what they know. Today we're going to be utilizing our readings from the book of Psalm and the book of Ezekiel in, in what it means to want a clean heart, who can achieve a clean heart, and how, how it affects our faith, our way of living, and, and really much more. Now, I have to admit that growing up, one of the chores that I just did not really have any excitement around was cleaning. I know, shocking, a young person not enjoying cleaning. It's first of the kind. Um, my parents entrusted my sisters and I to, at appropriate ages, help out with some of the chores, cleaning things around the house. And that included like helping with the dishes, um, keeping our rooms clean, and also dusting, vacuuming, and cleaning glass surfaces in some of the rooms of our house. My parents had some end tables that had uh, glass inlaid. Um, we had a couple cabinets with glass doors, that kind of thing. And if I'm honest, I don't really remember exactly how those duties got divvied up between my sisters and I. Um, I'd be willing to bet, and I'm pretty confident, that I was given the glass cleaning because it was the shortest of the jobs and probably the easiest. And my sisters were almost five years older than me, so there was more potentially they could do. And on the other hand, it could have also just very simply been my sisters were being very generous and nice to their little brother, which they pretty much always were. Either way, I got the better end of the situation. So I did the glass surfaces, Corey did all the dusting, and then Judy took care of the vacuuming. And we were also responsible for helping clean up after the family pets. We had, if I'm remembering right, about 17 birds at one point. We had parakeets, cockatiels, and finches, and those things can make a real mess. Um, We'd also help with some of the yard work, you know, different times a year. I remember all three of us would join my parents to shovel the driveway. And my parents' driveway is, it's not super long, but it goes towards the back of their property. So it's long enough. Um, and when we worked all together, it would get done faster. And it was nice working as a family, as a team. Um, and we'd usually get done fairly quickly, or at least, it did until one of us would start a snowfall, snowball fight. It was never me. Um, unfortunately, my dad was usually the one who got hit first um, every single time. <laughs> but, uh, but I just wasn't someone who really got excited about cleaning. Um, and it's still not my favorite activity, but we do what we need to do. I think part of the cleaning up around the house that I did enjoy when I was younger was spending that extra time with my sisters. Whether one of them was washing the dishes and the other was helping me drying, or 
we dust and do the glass work and then help move the furniture while Judy was vacuuming. It was just always this really extra nice time together. And as we got older, being able to confide in them, talk about different things, it was something really beneficial, I know, for me. Um, a lot of times, one of them would even turn on the stereo and play some music while we were working. That sometimes made it take longer because you got to dance when there's music. And also became a little problematic when we found the record player and realized that any record set at the correct speed can sound like the Chipmunks. Let me tell you, Dean Martin singing some of his songs, sounding like the Chipmunks, that's one of the funniest things you've ever heard. Um, every so often, I still do it. But again, I guess if I had to clean at least, I was with my sisters, we were having fun, our, our relationship continued to grow, and like I said, I, I know I learned a lot from them. And as an adult, I think the only real joy that I get out of cleaning now, other than the satisfaction of completing a task, is it's really a great way to get my steps in for the day. If you've got a Fitbit or a step tracker, you know what I'm talking about. And I discovered something amazing that I'd like to share with you all. This is a, a, a trade secret, apparently. Um, I was hanging up clothes the other day. We'd gotten through the laundry. And when I was done, I got a little notification that says, great workout, you went swimming for 50, 57 minutes. I don't know how this is swimming, but that's what my Fitbit decided I had been doing. So if you ever wanna you know, feel like you went swimming, apparently put your laundry away. Anywho, um, but I've been kind of wondering, how did this whole cleanliness thing get started. How long has this been going on with humanity? It probably started sometime after the Dark Ages, right? I mean, after everyone kept getting sick, people dealing with the plague, someone finally somewhere figured out, hey, we should probably be washing our hands and our food and our clothing. That, that's got to be it, right? Well, actually, no, that's, that's not when this all started. In fact, I would argue that the pandemic taught us that even to this day, there are still many situations lacking cleanliness that we probably take for granted. So, okay, it was in the Dark Ages, then when? And like I said, I really, really wanted to know, partially because it fits really well with the theme for today, but also I tend to have a curious mind. And so I went to the World Wide Web, that untamed wilderness of vast oceans of information, stretching as far as the eye can see or the fingers can type. I'll stop doing that, I'm sorry. Um, I really did go online, though, to see if I could find some kind of real answer, some agreements among scholars or historians. And I think what I found is probably fairly accurate. Um, apparently, there are excavations of the earliest city-states of the Indus Basic that dated from around 3000 BC. And those excavations found evidence of drainage systems and even toilet structures. So at least to that point, something was going on. 
It's also been argued by several people that um, any society or group of people that would bury their dead, that ritual was also seen as an example of early human hygienic behavior because if you left bodies just lying around, eventually bad stuff would tend to happen. There are probably other reasons as well or maybe additional reasons for some of these practices, but at least we kind of get a beginning of our picture here. Now, both of our readings for today were most likely written after 3000 BC. The book of Ezekiel has been dated somewhere between 592, 570 BC, and Psalms is written collectively somewhere around 1010 and 930 BC. That one stretches longer time because there's multiple authors. So the fact that both of these books make reference to cleaning or cleanliness, it, it falls well within this time frame that we're talking about. And Ezekiel begins immediately in our reading referencing cleanliness in verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your iniquities and from all your idols. Psalm 51 spends the first couple verses explaining the need for mercy and cleansing from sin. And it's in verse 7 where we, we finally find that request to be cleansed by the author. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. But here's where things get kind of interesting. In verse 10 of Psalm 51, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Verse 26 in our reading from Ezekiel says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, I admit this isn't a perfect word-for-word matchup, but it's really not that far off, and, and the points all really still align kind of the same way. In Psalms, there's a request for a pure heart or, or a new heart, and in Ezekiel, there is the promise being made of being given a new heart. There definitely seems to be something to these two sections of Scripture, and so I did some additional research and found that there are at least 14 other passages, four in the New Testament, sorry, four in the Old Testament and 10 in the New Testament, that actually are acting like cross-references to these two. Um, and depending on the translation of the Bible, there's potentially actually 18, um, but at least 14 that can easily be identified. And all of them seem to, to share the similar language about new or pure or clean hearts and either a request for or a promise of a new or pure or clean heart. And I'd say that's really much more than just a coincidence. I watch NCIS, I know Gibbs rules, and there is, there's clearly something significant to this to have this many references across this entire 
tome. So I think we can easily make the case that there, there's a, a promise inherent in the psalm, one of recreation and redemption, recognizing that God not only saves us from our sin, but also gives us new life. The gracious acts that are promised by God on behalf of Israel as we had laid out in verse 25 through 28 in Ezekiel, they are some really important verbs. I will sprinkle, I will cleanse, I will give you a new heart, I will put a new spirit in you, I will remove from you your heart of stone, I will give you a heart of flesh, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow by decrees. I will be your God. These are incredibly powerful examples of when God restores God's people. God forgives, God regenerates, God sanctifies, God empowers. And I, I've been kind of wondering something I've been wondering, how does becoming cleansed, getting a new heart, being made clean, how does that feel? What, is that, what does that look like? And, and I don't mean back then when these passages were written. I think we probably can get a decent idea of what, what it meant for the people of Israel and the context in which we're given. But what, is it, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like for us today? Does it feel like a giant weight being lifted off your shoulders? Does it feel like being filled with a new energy and excitement? Does it look like a glow in your face or maybe a fire in your eyes? a visible peace in your heart. I don't know that we can, can make one single declaration because honestly, I really think it's different from person to person. I think, I think when we're in our life journeys, as well as our faith journeys, the things that we have experienced, the things that have influenced us or impacted us, the the things that we find ourselves up against, as well as the things that we find we can lean on. I think all of that makes it so much so that this answer to this question is really different for each person. So here's what I'd like each of you to try and do this week. I'd like you to take a few quiet moments with God in prayer, prayer lifting prayers of thanksgiving, confession, petitions, normal prayer. But I want you to make one of your petitions the same that we find in Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And then I want you to listen. I want you to watch and see if you get a noticeable response. Now, 
as I mentioned to our, our young kids earlier, God's not a vending machine. So there are a lot of things we ask for and the answer may be yes, no, or not yet. So you can ask this petition and you may not think you're seeing a response. Doesn't mean it's not there somewhere. Or you may get your response and it may catch you by surprise. Again, it's potentially gonna be different for every person, but I want you to try this and I want you to listen and watch I want you, when you make this petition, to open yourself up to receiving a new, pure heart, receiving that cleansing from God. Embrace the experience. Be be honest and truthful, not just with God, but with yourself. You may be surprised what, what you experience. And I encourage you, to share your experiences with each other, whether you feel that something definitely happened or maybe you feel like you're still waiting for a response. It's potentially gonna be different for every single person, but I promise you, it can be life-changing. It's the kind of thing that I don't think we always think about. We, we pray for forgiveness, which we should, But when was the last time you prayed and asked God for a new, cleansed, pure heart? It's the kind of thing I think you can ask for again and again because it's a clean slate. It's a chance to start over again and God loves us enough to give us those second and third and fourth and almost to infinity chances. And a clean heart gives you a chance to look at the world in a whole new way through the eyes of God and through the eyes of love. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 357 in the red hymnal, Just As I Am Without One Plea.
cherished siblings of Christ, beloved children of God, be open to the Holy Spirit's leading and grow as a member of Christ's body. Love with God's love. Be at peace within yourself. Make peace with others, preparing for the coming kingdom. Worship God and God alone, holy three, holy one, forever and always. And now may God surround you with love. Christ, forgive you your sin. And the Holy Spirit fill you with eternal life. Amen.